You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome. This is the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni, the fantasy professor, and I am excited for today's show, folks. We are going to get into my guys. We're going to talk about our guys that we just want to own this year. This, we're talking about we're in a draft, and we're probably drafting these guys. Um, you know, we got to plant our flag somewhere. When I was, like, looking at, you know, who I was going to pick, I was looking at, hey, who have I drafted the most, and who am I really confident in that when it comes down to it, I won on my team this year. Joined by me, as always, is Blake Sullivan. And, you know, I'm pretty excited to talk about the guys that you have today, Blake. Yeah, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more. But, you know, I'm looking for guys that I can get late in drafts or in the middle of drafts where people will just start forgetting about some of these players. You know, the first couple of rounds, it's really hard to find value. Um, but once you get past, like, the fifth round, there's a couple of guys that I have on these lists that, really provide a lot of upside to me uh have a cemented role or just high ceiling in general that I really like I like their offenses that they're on and uh yeah we'll get into it yeah for sure um you know I'm really with you on the mid-round uh kind of players that uh can give me value at the running back position because you know we all know that everyone's running back crazy in the first couple rounds as they should be I mean there's a lot of great running backs to grab um, in, in the first rounds of your draft, in the second round even. Uh, but, you know, I, I lean wide receiver a lot of times, and I really want that running back one upside in my fourth, fifth round. And every year there are those guys. A couple of years ago, DeMarco Murray, it was his first year with the Titans. He was top three running back that year, and you could get him in the fourth round. Uh, Matt Forte was a guy a couple of years ago when he, when he was with the Jets. Get him in the fourth round. He started the season hot. He ended up getting injured, but look, when he was with you, you know, he was giving you that wide receiver or, or RB1, RB2 production. So these are the kind of guys that you got to look for in drafts. That's who we're going to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into that, Blake, I'm really excited to talk about the DFS uh, content that F- the FSGN has offered this season. I'm going to be a part of it this year. Um, going to be ranking some players, going to be doing some DFS content. So tell the folks about that. Yeah, so it's kind of cool that we're finally getting this together. And I really wanted to do this last year, but I wanted to take the time uh, to get some guys on board that I really trusted, that I could monitor for a year, see that they were consistent, that they are really doing things right. Um, and I've added a bunch of these guys in. So we're going to be having uh, college football picks, DFS. Um, we're going to do – uh, NFL DFS and sports betting. So we'll cover all your sports books. we got a couple guys on that. Um, but we're going to be doing DFS for DraftKings, FanDuel, Draft, Yahoo, uh, and Playline. So we've got basically all of the uh, platforms covered that you could ask for. Of course, we're going to have the waiver wire, the start sit, injury report, weather report, all of that stuff every week. Uh, so everything you need is going to be coming out. Plenty of time to get you ready for your lineups, but we're also going to make sure that it's late enough that uh, nothing changes too much. And we're going to be having a private chat with that. So everybody that subscribes gets into the private chat. 
We'll help you with bankroll management. We'll help you with breaking lineup stuff. Uh, if something happens at like 1130, uh, if somebody finally is sitting or somebody's finally getting word that they're going to start, you know, we can let you know if you need to change something. So it's really personalized. And if you want to play smaller slates, not just the main slate, obviously we're going to be able to help you with that as well. And it's pretty reasonable. So right now we've got $200 gets you the college football uh, sports betting and DFS and the NFL DFS and sports betting. So uh, between most of the guys, we've got a couple guys uh, we're still looking to bring in. So I'm not factoring them into this, but last year we made just a little under $20,000 between all of us. So definitely a lot of room to win a lot of money this season. So uh, we're also doing a $20 cash giveaway for anybody that you get to sign up on the FSGN. You just go over to the DFS tab click on NFL and we've got all of our different packages there. Uh, we do have the full season, which runs about seven months by the time you factor college football into that. Uh, or we have a monthly option if you choose that as well. And it is cheaper uh, by the month, but you save about $150 taking that full season type package. So, you know, got a lot of stuff coming up and I really like the guys that we're working with. So I think it's going to be special and kind of set us apart from some of these other providers that, uh, you know, just put it out there for everybody and everybody can see. Yeah, man, the, the FSGN is coming up for sure. And uh, you're definitely spearheading uh, this movement. So it's really exciting stuff, Blake, uh, really excited uh, for, for the FSGN and the process that's going on with the DFS right now. Um, so, you know, we have Elliot Chris on the show. So another big guy in DFS, um, obviously, and, you know, we're going to get to, uh, to him a little bit later. We're going to talk uh, some of his guys, we're going to talk some preseason. Uh, actually, we're going to get into some of these matchups for the preseason, talk a little bit of DFS, uh, because believe it or not, Elliot just wrote over 5,000 words on the preseason week two of the NFL preseason coming up. So there's a lot of value to be had, obviously, you know, with different players that aren't going to be playing. Uh, you just look at the depth charts and kind of see, all right, well, who's going to get the majority of the snaps this week? So it's kind of fun, you know, when you look at it that way, a lot of these, you know, scrub so to speak that are going to be playing in the preseason but look hey there's money to be had and you know if these guys are just you know out there and you believe in them you know um, they could really win you some money so we're going to get into that talk a little carry on johnson as well um but let's get into the main segment of the show it's our guys and i'm going to lead us off if you don't mind blake i'm going to talk about a running back go for it i want to talk about mark ingram but before I talk about Mark Ingram, I want to bring up another guy. You remember Alex Collins? I do. Very well. If you had to guess, and maybe you just remember, because it wasn't that long ago, we obviously were recording shows last year, building up into the season. Where was Alex Collins' ADP last year? Oh, it was pretty early. I would guess 407. That's a great guess. That's kind of what I thought. I thought I was thinking like 403, something like that. 307. Woo. So this time last year, you were paying third round draft capital for Alex Collins. Now, you had good reason to do that because he did put up over 900 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, and it looked like he was going to be their RB1 throughout the season uh, for the Ravens. And that was the Joe Flacco led Ravens going into 2018. So you had good reason to do that. But all you really had from Alex Collins was that one year in 2017 and really was kind of like, you know, let's say three-fourths of a year where he had like 
production where you wanted to draft him high, but not that high, not 307. And I didn't draft him there. I didn't have any shares of Alex Collins last year. Um, but Mark Ingram, who we've seen for years and was the RB6 overall one season, he has two seasons under his belt with over 50 carries, or I'm sorry, 50 receptions. So he's a pass-catching running back. He actually is. And then, oh, yeah, he is a 1,000-yard rusher when he plays at least 13 games over the past three years. He's going at the 406. So why are we saying that Alex Collins was had any more upside than Mark Ingram? That's kind of confusing to me because Mark Ingram is walking into a starting role with the Baltimore Ravens, a run first team. They led the league with 547 rushing attempts last year. They led the league with 33.5 rush, uh, rushes per game last year. They're a run first team even more so than before when with Joe Flacco because now we know Lamar Jackson is there and he wants to run the ball. And he's going to get his number one running back the ball a lot underneath uh, with targets and just down the middle because Mark Ingram is a downfield runner. Um, you know, we, I think people are thinking that he was really bad last year. I mean, he, he had, he was rushing for 4.7 yards per carry last year, Blake. I mean, we're drafting running backs with way lower, uh, yards per attempt than, than 4.7. So the last four years for Mark Ingram, 4.6, 5.1, 4.9 and 4.7. And two of those years he had over 200 carries. So it's not like it's a volume thing. He's getting a lot of work. I love Mark Ingram in this role. I think they want to use Justice Hill. They might use Kenneth Dixon a little bit. So it's not a, you know, he, but Mark Ingram's getting the full lion's share and you can get him in the fourth round. So look, if you go wide receiver heavy, or even if you go running back heavy, you got some great, you got a great insurance policy with Mark Ingram. Yeah. So you're talking about the ADP and it's kind of crazy. Uh, he's at 406 this year. Last year, Mark Ingram was at the 410 and he had to deal with Alvin Kamara on that team. Uh, and that was with having Drew Brees, who likes to throw the football. So now you're going to say, oh, well, we'll just give him a sh- slight advantage going to Baltimore without Alvin Kamara behind him. Uh, I think it's kind of crazy good value right there. And he missed four games last year, so we knew he was going to be suspended, and he was still at the 410. Right. So, yeah, he's going into a full season. He's getting all the work. This is the kind of running back that the Ravens have wanted for a while. I mean, when they were throwing Justin Forsett out there and he was getting, you know, the majority of the work, he wasn't really the prototype that John Harbaugh wanted. This is the kind of back that they've been wanting for a little while. They have a really good running back in Mark Ingram. Um, You know, I'm not going to say he's elite. I'm not going to say he's great. But look, I mean, the yards per carry every year, I mean, it's over 4.5. I mean, you've got to love that from your running back. We talk about efficiency and how all the fantasy analysts love efficiency. I mean, look, he's as efficient as it gets. And he catches the ball, too, which you got to love. He's a three-down back. So it's really going to be hard for him to get off the field, especially, you know, he's a veteran pass blocker. Um, you you got to love Mark Ingram this year. 406, that's a smash all day. Yeah, so you can get Mark Ingram at the 406. But one guy I'm looking at at the 412, who I think has the same kind of ceiling, um, maybe not quite as good of a floor, but I don't know. I don't know. They're about pretty similar floor, too, I think. Yeah. That's going to be Chris Carson. Last year he had 247 carries for 1,151 yards and nine touchdowns. 
Uh, obviously didn't get much in the way of the receiving game with only 20 receptions, but I just saw yesterday that they're uh, actually looking to get him more involved in the passing game. Wow. And I think that, yeah, I think that's huge news. Um, you know, right now at the 412, I'm loving the value. And if he stays at the 412 and starts getting receiving yards, which I don't even care, you know, the difference that his 20 receptions made in last, last year's fantasy production was next to nothing. You know, he only had 163 yards. So even in full point PPR, you're looking at 36 points is what he added from the receiving game. So, you know, if this year he goes up from 20 to 30 receptions, which is a pretty sizable jump, but if he was getting 20 without them saying that, you know, they wanted him involved, uh, I don't think that's unrealistic for him to have 30 or more receptions. So uh, (laughs) I just think that would be crazy, you know, that – to start adding that you have a thousand yard rusher and you start adding more of that the touchdown upside has been there and will be there uh, and that's the one thing that makes him such a safe play but just the value there is ridiculous yeah i mean seattle 534 rushing attempts was second in the league uh, right behind baltimore uh, so we're talking about two running first teams here and you want that running back for a run first team because even if you know first round pick rashad penny uh, you know, improves this year, which I think we see he's probably going to get a little bit more work. Uh, you know, you're still going to get a lot of volume on the team in general. And where are those carries going to go? It's going to go to Chris Carson, who is the number one running back on this team. He has earned it at becoming from a seventh round pick. Uh, he has earned every bit of it to be ahead of Rashad Penny. And they still are viewing him as that. Um, nothing has changed there. It would take an injury um, to Chris Carson for, for Rashad Penny to usurp him. Um, So, yeah, Seattle led the league last year with uh, 2,560 rushing yards. Uh, Led, you know, second again in those rushing attempts. So, yeah, I like Chris Carson a lot, man. Uh, Yeah, that that 4.12. So, you're smashing that all day, huh? Yeah, absolutely, man. But I think I'm going to take your second guy probably before my guy, no doubt, every time. Uh, he's at the 404, so he's above both of our first guys. But go ahead and talk about him. Well, I, that fourth round pick is so juicy for a guy like, like for any of these three guys that we're talking about because you're talking about a lot of volume, right? Like these guys could easily be second or third picks in terms of the volume that they're getting. Um, where you know, talent wise, they're just not there with the elite players in that second round. Uh, but you know, you talk about a guy like Damian Williams who's going in the second round. Um, I wouldn't say that he's any more talented than the guys we're talking about today uh, in this fourth round. Um, and this, I'm going to talk about David Montgomery. I'm actually very surprised you didn't have David Montgomery. So the reason why I love David Montgomery so much is not just because of his talent, which he, you know, out of Iowa State, you know, D1 program. I mean, he was playing against the elite competition and he put up numbers. Okay. So you talk about a lot of these running backs that, you know, we really like uh, that might've got drafted in the later rounds. You know, you have to look at where they played because a lot of them played the junior colleges. A lot of them played in D, you know, in, in just not uh, the competition that you, that you really like to see from a, a guy who's going to get the volume that we can project for David Montgomery. And why we can project David Montgomery's volume is we just looked at Jordan Howard last year. That's all you have to do. Just look at Jordan Howard last year, 250 carries. What about the year before that? Jordan Howard had 276 carries. Um, And both of these seasons, obviously, with Tariq Cohen. So, you know, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, Tariq Cohen is going to get all these. No, I mean, Tariq Cohen didn't even have 100 carries last year. 
Um, yeah, he had a lot of receptions, and they're still going to use Tariq in the passing game. I think that you know it can't be misunderstood. They're still going to use Tariq because he's an excellent football player. He is a playmaker, and they're going to use him. But Montgomery still has. He's walking into 250 vacant targets or vacant carries. So what did they do? What did the Bears do? They said, okay, we're going to trade Jordan Howard because we really don't want to get into a contract situation where we have to pay him. Uh, we're just going to nip that in the bud, and we're going to trade him for draft pick. Okay, cool. Did that. Now what? They need to replace that. They had Tariq Cohen, and they had Mike Davis. And, you know, if you were – smoking crack I guess you thought that Mike Davis was going to get two cracky carries this year um, not to name any names but David Montgomery was drafted by the Bears they traded up to get David Montgomery what are they going to do with him he's getting over 200 carries this year it's in the book and he is more elusive than Jordan Howard he can catch the ball better than Jordan Howard and I'm talking about right now if you compare both of those players um, so he's going to get the volume and then I, he has upside. So like when we look at Jordan Howard last year, he had 20 catches, 145 yards. It's nothing. You can't look at David Montgomery in the same light. They want to use the skill set that he has and he's got the legs to do it. He's got the energy. They're going to use David Montgomery in the passing game. He's going to get something like 45 to 55 targets in the passing game. So you have that little bit of upside to where he could get actually like 35, 40 receptions for you along with those over 200 carries. So in this offense, Matt Nagy offense with Mitch Trubisky, who is a running quarterback. I love to pair my running backs with running quarterbacks because you're going to have them used in the pass option, which is going to get them in space. Um, David Montgomery is just a smash for me in the fourth round. You know, people are drafting Josh Jacobs. I think Josh Jacobs is a fine player, but I really think he's a glorified satellite back. He hasn't really proven that he can be like a three-down back in the NFL. I mean, he was essentially used as a satellite back when he was in uh, when he was at Alabama. So I don't really buy Josh Jacobs as that workhorse just yet. I'm going to take David Montgomery at a little bit of a discount, and I'm I'm good with that in the fourth round. I think that he has top 15 potential this season yeah I think that's spot on and you know you talked about Tariq Cohen obviously last year he got a few more rushes I uh, definitely got some more receptions than he did the year before and you look at the effect it had on Jordan Howard and it really was pretty minimal you know he had 12 more carries and he had 18 more receptions and the effect on Jordan Howard was next to nothing so you know you see a touchdown numbers decline a little bit but that's just kind of happenstance you know that might be more of Mitchell Trubisky developing and finding guys like you know having Trey Burton on the team you know that's a huge advantage but uh I just look at it and I think Tariq Cohen is going to see a little more about uh volume because if you're looking at 250 carries from Jordan Howard you know you're probably not going to want to break in your rookie with 250 carries but if he gets 220 and then uh Tariq Cohen gets an extra 30 I mean, you're still looking at Tariq Cohen getting an improvement, but you're looking at a great year from uh, – you're looking at a great potential anyway from David Montgomery if he's efficient. That's a great call. And, you know, Tariq Cohen is definitely somebody that you should consider. Uh, if he can get a little bit more carries with the targets that he's going to get, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a great play for you. Yeah, so my second guy here I'm really liking this year is uh, C.J. Anderson. He's one of those guys that you can talk just – Talk me into CJ. You got to talk me into CJ here. 
See, I got to talk a lot of people in the CJ, apparently, because I'm looking on fantasy football calculator, you know, and I'm scrolling down, scrolling down. I get to the 15th round. He's still not there. Oh, he's not even on their sheet. You can get this guy wherever you want, right? And the thing for me is, you know, Carry on Johnson, he had a great year. and He's only in 10 games, so it's kind of hard to judge. You know, maybe he would have had an elite season. Uh, I really don't know. He had 600 and 41 yards right so that's that's not at all bad uh for 10 games he was on pace to get over that thousand yard mark and the receptions were there too you know he was on pace to get 50 receptions that's great but the thing for me is theoretic is gone now right so if you wanted to move cj anderson into more of that rushing role carry on johnson would fit perfectly into theoretic's role Yes. So carry on Johnson could still have a really good season, you know, and I'm not going to degrade him as a player. He could still get a lot of receptions because you're looking at theoretic, you know, they're vacating 60 receptions. So a lot of that's got to go to carry on Johnson, but you're not going to get carry on Johnson out here, putting up 200 plus attempts and then getting over a hundred receptions. I just don't see that happening. Uh, but if you bring C.J. Anderson in and you give him, you know, 150 to 200 carries, which he could have, he had 245 carries in his last year there in Denver, a uh, thousand yards. He only had three touchdowns in that year, which is kind of, kind of crazy. You know, to have a thousand yards and only get three touchdowns, it's kind of an outlier season. But you're looking at their efficiency: 4.5 yards per attempt for C.J. Anderson. And we got 5.4 for carry on Johnson. So a little bit less efficient for CJ Anderson, but I think if he gets some of that goal line work, it's going to make up for it. And it's a guy that at the end of the day, you're taking at the very end of your drafts. Uh, I'm not too worried about it. And he, he slimmed down a little bit from last year. Obviously he was not ready to play, but he did great for the Rams filling in. Uh, and I think he's it's kind of like a rebirth, you know, he's taking that momentum into this season and you're looking at seven yards per attempt last year with the Rams. So if he could get into a role like that this year where he really excels, uh, you're going to see a lot of goal line work, and the ceiling is really there. And you're looking at best ball. You know, This is one thing I've told you a lot why I'm taking him late in the best balls uh, is because you might get two touchdowns in any given game from C.J. Anderson, and you're looking at 12 points, even if he doesn't get a high volume. Yeah, I mean, how many players can you look at right now that are going to get early down work that are going undrafted? I mean, that's ridiculous because I'm looking at C.J. Anderson the same way you are in that he's replacing LeGarrette Blunt from last year. And, you know, they used LeGarrette Blunt in that way. He was like the first and second down back, and then he was the goal line back. Now, Carrion is going into a second year. They know what they have with Carrion. They're going with, you know, a second year of training camp with Carrion. So I think that they're going to use Carrion as their number one back. But they still want to use all of them. They, they, Matt Patricia wants to use a few different backs. Um, so, yeah, I think 150 carries is not a bad – like that, yeah, you, you could – you should certainly expect around 150 carries for C.J. Anderson if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to get that. Um, and he could certainly give you like six or seven touchdowns on the season too. That's definitely not out of the realm possibility. So, yeah, I, I like C.J. Anderson there just because of the role, right? Like you got to like that role if you know that the Lions are going to use their running backs like that. C.J. Anderson is just stepping right into like Eric Blunt's role from last year. 
So let's move on to these wide receivers. And uh, I'm going to start off with this guy who I think he's climbing up ADP. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I don't want him to get too uh, rich for my blood. So I'm a little apprehensive to talk about him. Um, Because I think Tyler Boyd is going to be a fourth-round pick in about a month. So once you start, like, going to the end of August here, I think Tyler Boyd's going to be, like, a fourth-round pick because he's at the 506 right now. He's in the mid-fifth round, and that's obvious because A.J. Green is going to miss a few games. So everyone's looking at Tyler Boyd right now as the number one receiver in Cincy, which he is. Um, I think there's a big difference between – being on an offense like the Bengals and being in another offense like, let's say, the 49ers, where they don't funnel the targets to the wide receiver position. You know who's going to get the targets in, in San Francisco, and it's George Kittle. When it comes to the other wide receivers, they use all of them. They use all of them, and they're not necessarily funneling targets. In a system like the Bengals, that's what they're going to do. They're going to funnel targets to their number one receiver. And you can rest assured that that is Tyler Boyd right now until A.J. Green comes back. Um, So what I see in Tyler Boyd is a high volume right now. Um, He's going to be peppered with targets. He's going to give you around 10 targets a game when A.J. Green isn't there. Um, If he doesn't give you 8 to 10 targets, that's a bad week. Um, But he's still probably going to bottom out about 5 or 6 as a very minimum. Um, That's what he was doing last year without A.J. Green. And he was still hyper-efficient. Um, he still had over 60% weighted opportunity in three of the seven games without A.J. Green on the field. There's this narrative that, a- that Tyler Boyd isn't good without A.J. Green. That's just not the case. Um, you know, obviously he's going to see double coverage. He's going to see a harder scheme for him when A.J. Green isn't out there. But he's still going to get the volume. And then when A.J. Green comes back, well, now you have the ceiling of what you saw last year in the first half of the season where he was getting you uh, the high A dot, and he was giving you the high yardage because the defense is going to start, you know, sniffing out what A.J. Green is doing. They're going to be over the top helping out with A.J. Green, and Tyler Boyd's going to be all by himself with the high ceiling. So you got a really high floor when he's not on the field, when when A.J. Green isn't on the field, and then you have a very high ceiling when A.J. Green is back. And I think at the end of the season what you're going to get is a high-end wide receiver, too, in Tyler Boyd. We saw the third-year breakout. That was real last year. He had over 1,000 yards, 70 receptions. Um, this year, it's going to be about more of the same uh, with the upside without A.J. Green on the field. So I'm loving Tyler Boyd. He's a smash for me. I'm going to draft him everywhere. Yes, I think the cool thing with Tyler Boyd is you're, like, you're you know, people are saying the A.J. Green injury, and that's why they're moving him up their draft boards. But, you know, I'm kind of looking ahead of that. You've got John Ross, who's had injury concerns. You've got Joe Mixon and Tyler Eifert, who have had injury concerns. And then you've got A.J. Green, who is already injured. He might come back and get injured in the first week back. So you've got four guys on that offense that are the guys, the key guys, that could all very well be injured at some point in the season. Uh, And, you know, unfortunately, we've seen some of the injuries have been season-ending with those guys. So – if that kind of trend continues, you might be looking at Tyler Boyd in a role where he is the guy for over a majority of the season. So uh, I think he's definitely still a good value. I would want to be getting him now though. Uh, If you're doing drafts, I would not, you know, probably in a month, you're going to see him probably too high that I'm not going to want to mess with it. But right now it's just ridiculous value. 
Yeah, he's going at about the wide receiver 24 right now. So you're really asking him to return value and be that wide receiver too. Um, I have him personally ranked as my wide receiver 18. Uh, so I think that you're still getting like good value right now. I think he's probably going to end up about that wide receiver 18 uh, when it comes to draft day, the end of August. So yeah, he's going to have to like live up to expectations. He's going to have to produce like he did last year, but I think it's a shoe in. Uh, he, he's a very talented guy. Um, and we saw the numbers speak for themselves last year. Um, so I'm all in on Tyler Boyd right now. Uh, talk to me about your receiver, Blake. Yeah, so I've got two receivers here that are actually uh, just above Tyler Boyd. They're kind of in the same tier of receivers. Uh, actually, both of my guys have the same bye week, so you're probably not going to get both of these guys. Um, I've had a hard time with that because I've wanted to in a lot of leagues, but I've gone elsewhere. Uh, Chris Carson is in the same range too, so a lot of times I've been able to get Chris Carson and one of these guys. Um, I've got Calvin Ridley, who's at the 503, and I've got Cooper Cup, who's at the 412. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Calvin Ridley because he's a little bit better value at the moment. Uh, but I just look at last year, you know, the rookie season, Matt Ryan put so much trust into him. He had 92 targets, and the catch percentage was there. He was at 69.6, and that's in line with the majority of your top-tier wide receivers and the big thing for me, which I could see some regression here, maybe going down to seven or eight touchdowns, but he had 10 touchdowns last year. Uh, and that just provided so much value for him. And it wasn't like he was poor elsewhere. He still had 821 yards and a 12.8 yard per reception. So an all around great season for a rookie, especially, but I don't see a whole lot changing this year. Um, a lot of people are sleeping on Calvin Ridley, I think due to the fact that Tevin Coleman's not there um, and mainly that Devontae Freeman is back in the offense. They think that that's going to provide a run heavy offense. And, you know, I think to an extent it will, but I don't think that's at all a bad thing. You look at how the offensive line got banged up last year. They had a hard time running the football at times uh, and it got them behind uh, in the chains. And, you know, they had a hard time passing on third down some of these times. So, I think they're going to be able to balance things out a little bit more now to where they can, you know, pick up these short third downs uh, and make things more manageable with Devontae Freeman because he's a more successful, more steady runner. And that balanced offense, I think, will help, you know, keep the offense on the field. Maybe Calvin Ridley goes up to 75 receptions this year is what I would say, and that will put him around 1,000 yards. Uh, and I think if that's the case, his touchdowns can remain the same because you're looking at, you know, Julio Jones just doesn't take touchdowns away. That's just a fact of the matter. He can have 1,600 yards, but he still doesn't take away touchdowns. Uh, so I think the value is just there for Calvin Ridley, getting him in the fifth round at 503. I'll take that all day. Yeah, no, I mean, he's in a high, uh, a highly potent offense with the Falcons. So, you know, you're getting – uh, wide receiver that's going to be really used in that offense. I mean, he's the clear wide receiver too. Um, but then, you know, you got Mohamed Sanu who's going to take away targets also in that slot. Um, but what you're getting in Calvin Ridley is a big play guy. So we know that from last year. He's, he's a boom kind of play. Uh, and he's somebody in your lineup that he's, he's the kill shot. He's going to be that flex play for you or that wide receiver two, three play for you. Uh, that can get you 25 to 30 points on any given week. 
Um, so he's that kind of player for you. Um, as far as his floor, yeah, you know, he's going to have a kind of a low floor because there's a lot of targets, uh, you know, to feed. With Matt Ryan out there, he's going to have a lot of guys that he has to feed. But Calvin Ridley is certainly part of this offense and a big part of it. Um, so the only thing that scares me about or takes me away from Calvin Ridley is those 10 touchdowns, five of those were in two games, right? So that's, right. What, yeah. that's, that's what I worry about with Calvin Ridley. Um, but you could do a lot worse in the fifth round. I mean, fifth round is kind of the spot where you want uh, like a boom type of play, and Calvin really is that. Yeah, absolutely. So another guy uh, kind of in the same boat, young guy, 412 is his ADP. I've got Cooper Cup. Um, I think for me is, you know, he's coming off of that ACL injury. Otherwise, I think his ADP would be higher than it is. And he's kind of looking for that third-year breakout as well. He had a really good rookie season. He had almost 900 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, and then last year's season was cut short, obviously. But he was well on track to go over those numbers. He was, you know, looking at 80 receptions and a little over 1,000 yards. And he already had six touchdowns in eight games this is the big thing for him. Uh, you know, so successful, 14.1 yards per reception. So he's really the downfield target for Jared Goff. And Jared Goff likes to throw the ball down the field. Um, I think Todd Gurley being on the field is helpful. A lot of people don't want him on the field for these receivers' sake just because they think it takes away from, uh, you know, their ceiling. But I think having Todd Gurley on there keeps the defense honest, even though they've got three great, talented wide receivers that we've talked about before kind of in their own tier. If Gurley is healthy, I think it's really going to help Cooper Cup because he's a big, fast guy that's going to be able to get into the middle of the field, work those soft spots. Uh, you know, 72.7% catch percentage last year, too, very much improved. I think that third-year breakout year is really coming, and he's a guy that I'm trying to pair with Jared Goff in as many of my leagues as I can because I think both of them have tremendous value. Yeah, I mean, the value that Jared Goff has right now is ridiculous. I mean, he, what did he do last year? I mean, he was the QB6 overall, right? Like QB5, QB6, and he's being drafted like in double-digit rounds easily everywhere. I mean, Jared Goff is getting disrespected. So, yeah, you can do that if you want. Like, you have all of, like, the options for the Rams offense because they're all pretty much discounted at this point. For, and I have no idea why. I mean, they were, besides the Chiefs, the highest, like, scoring offense in the league last year. Both of those were, like, neck to neck as far as the Chiefs and the Rams. The Rams were amazing last year offensively. Um, and Cooper Cup, when he's on the field, Jared Goff looks at him as his number one. I mean, Robert Woods is going to be peppered with targets. Uh, Brandon Cooks is still going to get his over the top and, uh, you know, with the slant routes and all that. But Cooper Cup is the red zone guy. Cooper Cup is the main target for Jared Goff out of the slot. Um, and he's a big receiver that can line up outside too. So, you know, Cooper Cup is a great play. That ADP is interesting. You know, I would think actually coming off the injury, it would actually be a little bit lower. Um, I'm surprised to see that in the fourth round right now. Um, but I think that just goes to show you that people are really astute to what uh, Cooper Cup can do for you. And, you know, I think because of his touchdown upside, he's a top 15 kind of player. That's what I'm thinking. And surely if he didn't get injured last season, he was going to exceed that 10 touchdown mark. Um, so that's the kind of guy that you're getting when you draft Cooper Cup is a 10 touchdown kind of guy. 
Um, so I think that's why you're seeing him creep into the fourth round um, because, look, if he gives you that eight to ten touchdowns, he's going to return value all day at that fourth well. Yeah, we need Bob Lung on. He could tell us how consistent he was. But uh, I think if – I don't know the exact numbers on it, but I think Cooper Cup's one of those guys in that tier that's going to be more consistent than some of the other ones as well. Even though they've got Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, he still gets enough volume that it, it makes him consistent on a weekly basis. Uh, and that defense is good enough that it keeps the offense on the field plenty of times. Yeah, he's, he's one of those tier guys, man. I mean, if you're looking at that Rams offense, those receivers as one tier – Draft the cheapest option, and you got Jared or uh, Cooper Cup right there. Um, so the guy I want to get into, pretty obvious pick right here. This is what an elite player. So you know this isn't a hot take by any means, but what I'm gonna say is I believe that Odell Beckham is a top three wide receiver, and he's actually my wide receiver too. So when we did our wide receivers episode, Blake, I had him as wide receiver three overall. I've moved him up to two. Um, I just believe in Baker Mayfield in year two with one of the best receivers we've seen in the last decade in Odell Beckham. Um, What did Odell Beckham do in his first three years? Well, over 130 targets all three years, over 1,300 yards all three years, over 10 touchdowns each of those three years. And then, of course, he got injured in 2017, and he got injured again in 2018. So the only negative thing that you can say about Odell Beckham is that you think that that ankle is not right or that there could be a lingering injury. But how can we project that with the offseason we've seen from Odell Beckham? And what we saw last year from Baker Mayfield is he's going to throw the ball to his main guy. So 149 targets last year for Jarvis Landry, 149 targets. Odell Beckham is getting 150 to 160 targets this season. You can put that in the book. That is a given. Odell Beckham is going to get about 150 targets, okay, and he's going to be the big play guy that he is. Baker Mayfield is going to get him the ball underneath. He's going to get him the ball over the top. He's going to get him the ball in the red zone. Odell Beckham is a bona fide wide receiver one for this team, and I'm saying that he's actually of value as a wide receiver six right now so he's actually being drafted as a wide receiver six in the second round so you're getting Odell Beckham at a discount because I am telling you right now that next season he's not leaving the first round there's no way there's no way and we're gonna look at this season like wow that discount on Odell Beckham was great because I got a great running back in the first round you know, I got, I got Alvin Kamara, or I got, I got David Johnson in the first round, and I came right back, and I got the wide receiver maybe one overall in the second round, and that's Odell Beckham. Uh, look, the Browns offense is going to be highly potent. You got weapons all around. You really have to honor that, and you can't be as focused on Odell like you could be in the past when he had Eli Manning, and he had nobody around him. I mean, who were the receivers really around Odell for the past few years in in New York I mean there's nobody like a Jarvis Landry um, you know even in Antonio Callaway um, and David Njoku these guys you really have to honor that and then they have a great running back with Nick Chubb um, who you know you got to kind of sack the box on occasion you have to especially if they're going to be running down your throat you're going to have to do something about that and Odell will eat all day in those situations. I think you really got to look at Baker Mayfield's numbers to really get the whole picture because 
you know, I love Odell and I think it's hard to buy into him. I, I mean, his numbers are ridiculous, but when you look at the last couple of years with the injuries, uh, it makes it hard to buy into him. But if you're looking at the quarterback numbers, it's like, man, how's this guy not the wide receiver one, you know? Uh, you're looking at touchdown percentage. Eli Manning's career is 4.5%. And that's what's having Super Bowl-type teams there in the middle of his career. Like a Baker Mayfield in his rookie season, he didn't even have a full season, and we saw how hot he got. He had 5.6%. So great improvement there. Uh, another thing, you look at the yards per attempt. Eli is at 7. Baker's at 7.7. So, you know, he's throwing the ball deeper down the field. That relates to uh, more yards, more touchdowns, both of those numbers. And then you look at their quarterback rating. Uh, Baker in his rookie year, 93.7. Eli, for his whole career, only 84.1. So almost 10% difference there. Uh, just, you know, crazy, crazy to think that, you know, a uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback like that is so far off of Baker Mayfield. But we've just seen the decline the last couple of years, and it really hurt. Odell Beckham uh, for his fantasy production. And I think he's going to see a huge bounce back this year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous for fantasy football. I mean, this is the kind of quarterback we've always wanted for Odell when it comes to fantasy football. Um, just seeing him in the second round right now is just blowing my mind. So every time I'm clicking draft on Odell in the second, uh, because he's beat, like I said, he's being drafted as a wide receiver six. He's a shoe in for a top five this year. That's what he did every year uh, for the first three years when he was around wide receiver three. Um, so I'm, I'm buying that all day uh, with Baker Mayfield as his wide receiver one. Awesome. Yeah, we are out of here, folks. Uh, thanks for listening to the Hot Take Podcast. Go to thefsgn.com. Sign up for Draft Pros. We're going to be there for you this season. Uh, we're going to help you get through those drafts. Uh, go to Full Time Fantasy. Check out the podcast network over there. Uh, you can sign up for some high-stakes leagues. They have some $35 best ball leagues going on right now. On behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Steven Taroni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.